This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I want to thank quickly, before we jump into my interview here with Nancy Mills, I want to thank my family and partners over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, following the live show, you can eventually find the podcast link on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. And I also want to extend immense gratitude to not only the listeners and the podcast subscribers now hovering at almost uh, half a million, uh, but also to my sponsors, Halt and Honda, for believing in the content and believing in myself and the show. So I am joined yet again by another phenomenal guest this week. My guest is a very creative woman by the name of Nancy Mills. So who is Nancy Mills? Well, what I can tell you is Nancy Mills is the creator of the Spirited Woman Approach to Life and the founder of Spirited Woman. In 2012, Nancy created the Sisterhood of the Sacred Scarves, honoring women of the world through scarf and ceremony. A portion of all scarf sales is donated by Spirited Woman to the Spirited Woman Foundation, which was created by Nancy to help heal and support women through actions of empowerment. It is anticipated that hundreds of spiritually conscious women worldwide will be wearing the Magical Journey Spirited Woman's Prayer Scarf as a symbol of support for the upcoming Women's March, January 20th and or January 21st, either at the march or as a spiritual connector. So Nancy, I want to welcome you to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, our friend? Oh, I'm fine. Wonderful. So let's just jump right into it. I, you know, one thing that I'm always interested in, and although this is unscripted dialogue, I think it makes for a much more organic and authentic discussion because you never know what's going to segue into. Um, I'm always interested in the inception of my guest journey. So if we date back to 2012 when you embarked upon this endeavor, can you maybe share for myself and the loyal listeners here what was going on for you creatively or inspirationally or otherwise that cathartically birthed this uh, spirited woman? You know, that's a really interesting question. I started Spirited Woman actually almost 20 years ago, and I started it probably based on my own need. You know, there was, a, a, there was something inside of me that continually said, you know, am I enough as I am? You know, am I that, am I that person? And I didn't come up with a pretty good answer, if you really want to right. know. And I think what happens to a lot of us who do things that is propelled by a mission, we do something that we need to learn ourselves or we need to find ourselves or we need to have supported for ourselves. So when I started Spirited Woman, I started it because I wanted a community where every woman felt as if she was enough as she was. And that was the initial 
reason for getting going. And I started that actually as uh, I had written a book called Spirited Woman. It never was published. Um, it, it ended up being the format for a workshop, which I called Spirited Woman. And that's really how I started Spirited Woman. And that was in about 2002 or 2003. And things go through changes. We all go through changes and we evolve. And it became very apparent to me years later that there were millions of women like yourself out there in the world who were doing things that were extraordinary. I mean, absolutely extraordinary and were not getting acknowledged. Um, the only way they were getting acknowledged, perhaps, is if they hired a PR agency for $5,000 a month or hired an advertising agency for $10,000 a month. And even then, they weren't really getting known. Mm-hmm. And I felt it was really important to have a community where women who were doing great things were acknowledged. So we shifted uh, in about 2012 to really feature women who uh, are part of the international movement of women who are changing it. And uh, we, we started something called the Spirited Woman Top 12 Pick List, both for women and for books, so that we could have something that was cohesive for women to get recognition through social media. And then from that... I started having, you know, I've always been, uh, I live in California, so I'm very open to, uh, shall we say, uh, I don't want to say eccentricity, but, you know, (laughs) I don't want to say that about my, my precious state that I've lived in my whole life, but, you know, California, we're different. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we, we, I, I live in LA, uh, right next to the, the entertainment community, uh, even though I've never been a part of it, but you know, you cannot help but be influenced by it. Mm-hmm. As time went on, I really, really felt that I was psychically intuiting more and more things and really felt uplifted by the spiritual aspects of life and i guess what this what i what the la connection is leading up to is that i think there's great permission here to be who you want to be or are not a lot of people will say to you well that's crazy why why are you doing that or why are you feeling that way mm-hmm. and, you know it's very very uh permissive and in about 2012, I just started feeling very spiritual, a very spiritual connection to the land that I, I live on, which is called Playa Vista. And I did some research, uh, you know, because I, I just felt such a connection. And I found out that I was living on an Indian burial ground. I had absolutely no idea that wow. I was living on an Indian burial ground. And I also uh, found out that uh, this was one of the few areas that had a woman chieftain. Wow. Very close to where I, I live, uh, up, uh, up the hill uh, is a very well known, um, uh, very well known school, uh, Loyola Marymount. And I found out 
up there, they have a whole statue for her, and t- they tell the whole story. And, you know, she died in battle, but, I mean, here she was, this woman warrior. And so there were just all these things happening living here, and then there were then there were a lot of hawks that were flying around because we, uh, we live very close to the Bologna wetland. And putting that all together... <laughs> Uh, one day I woke up and I said, you know, I think it's really, really important to have a connector for women. And I felt that a, a scarf, a prayer scarf, if I could bless something, if I could take it to, uh, you know, uh, uh, to some of the areas around Los Angeles and honor it and bless it and then get it out into the world for women that perhaps in a very simple way, as a, as a symbol of spirit, empowerment, and beauty, I could connect women. And so I, I started my first, uh, spirited woman prayer scarf. Um, I, I don't make them. I, 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 I really am very conscious about searching for the perfect scarf. And, um, now almost six years later, we have sold close to 3,000 Spirited Woman Prayer Scarves. We have donated thousands of dollars to over, um, to so far, 15, 15 nonprofits to help heal and support women's reactions of empowerment. And hundreds of women tomorrow and Sunday will be wearing our Spirited Woman Prayer Scarves as a spiritual connection of solidarity for the Women's March around the world. So, I feel very proud of this particular project, and it really came to me, I really feel, by opening up my intuition and and, and not judging it. Mm-hmm. It's so important. That is- for that, I'm grateful I live in L.A. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, there's a few things I'm going to say to that, because, you know, as you were speaking and and further elaborating and extrapolating on the story and the backstory, you know, I, I always conjure up lots of things I want to say simultaneously. So I'll try to keep this uh, succinctly uh, in my mind to express here and ask and comment on. So, one, I, I would be remiss, and I was going to do this anyway, but you segued it perfectly. I, I do want to thank you very much, Nancy, as a result of our connection over, I, I believe initially it was on LinkedIn, and we had a, an initial conversation. Um, you know, we talked about radio, and you were very gracious in showcasing my book and selecting Reimburse the Universe as one of the books in which to feature and to promote. So I want to say thank you very much to me. That that very much touched me dearly because, like you, I'm impassioned about my work, and there's always a story within uh, the backstory of, of what it is that I find cathartic and empowering in my bodies of work. So the fact that you shared that with the rest of the world in, in your community, I want to say thank you for that. That meant a lot to me. Um, and certainly that depicts women empowering women and, you know, helping other women shine and getting that connected uh, message out there to be a united front and to work cohesively, as you mentioned, in collaboration with one another. Um, so I want to thank you for that opportunity. I really, really appreciated that. And that said a lot to me about who you are. Uh, and based on some of what we've already covered here at the top of the hour, very much walking your talk and being aligned with your mission. So thank you, Nancy. Um, the other thing that I, I would like to say, uh, which I'm sure the listeners would probably be curious about as well, 
Now, why the scarf? I mean, I love the scarf, but why the scarf as opposed to any other uh, material or item or object? What is it about the scarf specifically that you felt drawn to? You know, that's a, such an interesting question. That is such an interesting question because I found the answer six years later. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you don't want to rush into anything. You know, it's interesting. As, as I was getting more and more impassioned about this project and, and women purchasing the scarves from, from Mexico and Australia and New Zealand and, um, tons of, of, of women from Canada and, uh, you know, uh, Australia, all over the world and the, the United States, of course, you know, um, I just kept on with the scarves and I just kept on getting the message that you're going to name this scarf magical journey. You're going to name this scarf peace. You're going to name this scarf namaste. You're going to name this scarf Om Shanti. You're going to name this scarf joy. And I would, as we would introduce a new scarf, it would have a concept of inspiration around it. And I became very, very, you know, dedicated to that concept of inspiration that it is this bouquet of inspiration it is this symbol of whatever word that is coming to me or concept that that coming to me that is getting out into the world through the scarves and that was that's where I was sitting that's what I was thinking finally (laughs) about three weeks ago I had a conversation with someone you know where a light bulb went off Mm-hmm. And this is a friend of mine who lives in Southern California who happens to be very involved with the concept of spirit and faith. She is very involved in this organization. You know, I don't consider myself a, a faith-oriented person. I consider myself a spiritual person, but not one necessarily that uh, is faith-based. And I said to her, you know, I think I finally figured out why scarves. And she says, what do you mean? I said, well, think about it. I said, there isn't a culture in the world that doesn't have some form of a scarf. There isn't a religion in the world that doesn't have some form of a scarf. There isn't a country in the world that has some form of a scarf. It is a universal symbol of embrace. That's really what it is. And it is, it is the only thing that I can think of. And I said to her, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is the only thing that I can think of that is like that. I don't know of any other symbol that I is, is universally, universally identifiable in every way that we know of. Beautiful. And she said, the only thing that I can think of is a candle. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that might be true. I don't know. But when I, when I think about it, nothing else is in my mind. Nothing other than a scarf. And so I think that's the reason why. 
but it only took me six years to figure it out. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to, I think this is important because there's many parallels and, and this comes up. I mean, everybody has their own example to cite, uh, because a lot of the people who I choose to showcase on the show, who I feel like I'm in alignment with, uh, spiritually, creatively, etc., is, you know, people who follow their intuition. It doesn't, you know, they don't necessarily need to understand all the answers. They're not necessarily expecting all the pieces to come together in that particular moment because really more importantly, it's honoring your own spirit. It's honoring your own intuition. And the more you get clear about what your passions are, what your missions are, what your goal is, uh, who your demographic is, the purpose behind that, growth, evolution, etc., then eventually you do come to perhaps understand it with even additional clarity because, you know, the hindsight 2020. And so when you see where you are now within your journey and that you have your light bulb moment and it goes off and it's like, oh, okay, that's why I picked the scarf as opposed to beads or rocks or stones or woodwork or anything else that you could have chosen from, um, does that not even more so solidify that right at the the, the inception of this at the intuitive stage, uh, you just honored yourself and, and look at here you are. Now it's like a full circle moment and it reaffirms everything you knew intuitively at the very beginning. Exactly. Exactly. It's really the truth. It's really the truth. I just kept going. I didn't need to know why. Mm-hmm. And very interestingly, you know, I've been interviewed uh, uh you know, various times throughout the past six years, and no one's ever asked me that question. Are you Why? kidding me? And I, you know, and I, I find that so fascinating. And it wasn't anything that I was, I was challenged to think about. It's so interesting because I think when you do something that is in alignment, and this goes very much to your point, when you do something that is in alignment, and I'm not talking about the interviewers, I'm talking about the buyers, the people, the women who have purchased the scarves, mm-hmm. they don't ask you that question because to them it's, it's also as instinctual mm-hmm. as it is to me. It's like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I am going to... I'm going to get, I'm going to get a prayer scarf. I'm going to get a prayer scarf because it's totally in alignment with who, with how I feel. In other words, yes, I agree with her that it is a spirit, a symbol of spirit. Yes, I agree with her. It is a symbol of beauty. Yes, I agree with her. It is a symbol of empowerment. And I think what, you, what every business person or every person out there needs to understand. I truly believe this. There are certain things in life where we aren't selling a product. Mm -hmm. We are selling an emotion. Mm, Absolutely. If you understand that and if you believe that, then you will continue to go and to keep going because you're not selling a product. You are selling an emotional reaction to something. And if you can communicate that to someone, mm-hmm. then you have, you know, what Facebook knows you have, which is a follower. And that's, right. and that's just how it goes. So I've been very blessed and very lucky 
that that has been the case. Love it. Well, let me ask you this then. So as a result of all the people that you've interfaced with in terms of those who are intuitively aligned with you, uh, understand and completely wholeheartedly get behind your mission, what it is you're doing in the scarf specifically uh, as a symbol to embody that, to represent that and that being very indicative of that. Um, what are some of the striking for you, because I'm sure you get a lot of feedback. I'm sure you, you receive a lot of testimonials, uh, and a lot of it would take it to a deeper level based on the whole empowerment aspect and peace and knowing why people, such as women specifically, have at different junctures within their life felt a sense of disempowerment or uh, felt like they needed to get out from underneath something. So in those exchanges that you've had with those who have been on the receiving end of purchasing or having been gifted one of your beautiful scarves what has been some of the feedback in terms of how that's resonated with them what it's done for them how it's lifted them how it's empowered them what they got out of it in terms of a a true spiritual shift energetic connection yes they feel energized and connected to a larger group of women than just Now, one of the things that happens a lot with women is that there is a tremendous sense of aloneness. They are are paddling the canoe up the muddy river themselves. Mm. And very often, they do not have a support system in place that honors and commends them for who they are. Mm-hmm. Very often someone is married to a husband who instead of empowering her, puts her down and abuses her. You know, very often somebody works for a boss instead of uplifting them, you know, and, and telling them how wonderful they are, they demean them and say, you know, you're not worth a lot because they want, don't want to pay them more salary. You know, you listen to, you, you listen to Madison Avenue and, you know, you think that even your cereal is bad. That's the only way they can sell new cereal is by telling you that the cereal that you have isn't as good as the new cereal that they're presenting. So everything in life, not everything, but it is the lucky woman who is surrounded by a support system where she feels empowered on a daily basis. It is really the lucky woman. Now, that's not to say that there aren't millions of women out there who do feel that way. But I'm telling you, based on what I found, it is a universal need to feel connected to like, to a like-minded soul. It's mm-hmm. a need. Look what's happening in the United States, in, well, particularly in my neck of the woods, with the whole, you know, Me Too Me movement. Me too. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be at the Women's March tomorrow. I was there last year. There were 750,000 people at the march in L.A., you know, last year. They anticipate the same number. And now with what is going on with the entertainment industry and the reveals that are going on, there's going to be hundreds of very well-known women entertainers at the at the march, you know, why do they need a march if they feel so empowered alone? 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, if I you, do. If you, you don't need a march if you feel empowered alone. But you don't mm-hmm. get 750,000 people showing up unless you need a connection. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the, the scarves sort of mirror that it is really, you know, obviously I'm getting very impassioned. I probably, you know, fly, fly around my apartment after this. <laughs> Love but, it. But, Love it. But you, know, but, you know, somebody has to be out there, you know. Yes. You know, and, um, and, and, and that's the reality. And, and, and this is, this is our point in time. And, you know, that's it. Well, let me ask you this, Nancy. So going back to a point you made, uh, in answering this question, um, which is very true, uh, but I want to kind of dissect it a little bit and extrapolate it. So I often talk about, you know, be your own hero, be your own shero, be your own leader, be your own best friend. Uh, you know, if you don't, at the time of whatever it is that you see in terms of playing a bigger picture for yourself or t- taking your message to the collective because you know that it's one that's going to resonate with other people and it's all for the purpose and the benefit of paying it forward, being of service in whatever way that you can impart your particular skill set, your passions, uh, your strengths, etc. So knowing that, I mean, that, uh, you know, I say that quite often because at different times in my life, I really have felt alone. Um, but rather than using that uh, to hinder me or to hide behind victimology or to play a smaller game for myself, I thought, you know what, be the example, Lisa, be the example. So be for yourself what you perhaps wished there was in your life in the tangible sense in terms of a role model or a mentor at the time. So who was your intangible or tangible support system, uh, or whether you had one or not, was it non-existence? In, ter- in terms of the backstory of what propelled you recognizing, well, if I feel this way, I know I'm not the only person during different uh, stages and phases within my life. So were you, have you been operating with an infrastructure of support, or did you kind of hone that for yourself? That's a very complicated question. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> you know, it's probably worth 10 years of therapy. I don't know. Right. Uh, I, uh, but I'll start with a, with a backstory. When, okay. I was, when I was a little girl growing up, there was a skirt that your, your mother could buy as a, as a present. And it was called the Annie Oakley skirt. And the Annie Oakley skirt was made out of suede. And then on the bottom, it had all sorts of leather fringe. And it had about seven pockets in it with guns. So I grew up in this very conservative household. And lo and behold, when I was about four or five years old or six, my mother bought me an Annie Oakley skirt, a pair of boots, and a hat. Now, this was so out of character for my mother, I I don't know what possessed her. (laughs) So I put on the hat and the boots and the skirt. And as I walked through the house, anybody who got in my way, I pulled out my gun and I said, get out of my way. (laughs) And I did this probably for two years. (laughs) You know, everybody's, 
you know, my mother, my sister, my father, anybody who was in the house who got in my way, I would just, you know, pull out my pistol and just basically say, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Well, that skirt was a defining moment in my life. I didn't know it at the time. I really didn't. But looking back at it, I realized that my mother gave me a gift of unstoppability. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know how fiercely passionate I could be if somebody got in my way. Mm -hmm. That, That was a part of me, but it got totally buried, totally buried. It got buried through, you know, relationships, through friendships, through family relationships, through education, through jobs, through advertising. It got buried. And as time went on, I didn't know how I was ever going to make it. I thought, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And then what would happen is, is that it would be like the cha-cha. I would take, you know, five steps backward (laughs) and five steps forward. And then, okay, I'd make it. And then I'd have another hurdle. And then I'd go five steps back and four steps forward. So has it been easy? No. It's been really, really, really hard. Do I think when I get up in the morning, oh, wow, I'm a woman's empowerment leader. You know, this day is going to be a breeze. I never think that way. (laughs) I never think that way. I don't even know. It's not even a concept I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I meditate. I do breathing exercises. Um, you, you know, I do yoga. I go for walks. Um, you know, I, I do anything possible to help balance the anxiety that, that always lives within me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do the best that I can, but I, and somehow, some way I overcome. And then, you know, I have a burst of, of creativity or energy or co- commitment or what have you, and it keeps going. But I would never say, ever say that, you know, it's easy. And, and I, I always think of the aloneness of it. Oh, <laughs> I, I never had a family. I never had children and, um, I never got married. So I, I I never had that uh, fallback position. It's always been, you know, I, I've really been more motivated by career and travel. And um, for years, I was a travel journalist. And so I, I had a, a very free spirit. And mm-hmm. so it's so that's the answer to the question. It's a, oh. Oh. 
Okay, and, and out of that answer, which I appreciate, you know, because I the people who I most enjoy talking to are the people who are vulnerable, transparent, uh, you know, tell it like it is, because of course people glean from the optics of whatever appears successful that you're an overnight success and that you're somehow subhuman and you don't, you can't relate or you're not identifiable or you don't have the firsthand account of what it is to either be alone or to feel fragile or to feel vulnerable or to feel defeated at times, whether it's an element of self-defeatism mindset, whatever the case may be, or lack of uh, support, infrastructure of support. Um, but you said a few things that I want to touch upon. So going back to that cathartic moment uh, of the skirt that your mom gave you, because of course, you know, and you know, your scarves are very much representative, indicative of, of not only empowerment and beauty, but peace. Um, so we're not here to, you know... I hope people can see a little bit more out of the literal and see it figuratively in terms of what Nancy was citing and referencing in terms of the experience of the gun. Um, and, and, and it was totally symbolic, you know, absolutely. And I get that, but I just want to, I just want to make that very clear because unfortunately we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness. And um, so you do have to preface certain things just as a cautionary, but anyway, um, but fast forwarding in your journey, you look at at the empowerment that you felt with the gun and holding that out for two years and, and letting it be known what your boundaries were, what your parameters were, what your standards were, owning the stage, proclaiming your voice, uh, and, and really feeling energized and invigorated by that and quite liberated. So you fast forward to where you are now with your scarf. What does this – does the scarf hold for you? The same. It's interesting. I don't know. You know, Annie Oakley, you're out of Canada, right? I'm in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Annie Oakley is a cowgirl. So that's, and I grew up in West LA. So so you have to, this is why I'm saying it was such a crazy gift. I mean, I grew up, I grew up near, you know, Macy's department store. (laughs) Okay. So, and, Annie Oakley was a historic figure. And so the reason for the guns in the skirt was because she was a cowgirl. Mm-hmm. So it, it was symbolic. It wasn't symbolic, of course, of shooting somebody as much I as get it. it's symbolic of, of, of this, of this fierce, you know, uh, cowgirl that was a historic figure in the history of, of the United States who was defending her land. So, you know, it was, it, it was more along the ideas of this, this woman was willing to go to the mat for what was, for what she believed in. And, and that's what that all represented to me. And another interesting thing that you've said, which is fascinating, Annie Oakley wore a scarf. She wore a bandana around her neck. Wow. So in, in addition to her hat and her boots and her skirt, she wore a bandana. So who who knows? Maybe maybe at the time when 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 all of this was going on, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if Annie can do it, so can I. You know, I don't know, but it, you know, from a from an ancestral standpoint and from from a religious standpoint, even though I, I, I as I had mentioned before, that is not as as uh, uh, as part of an alignment to me as the spiritual aspects. But, you know, religion, uh, very often, it, it, well, 
particularly in the, from the faith that I'm in. I happen to be in, in the Jewish faith, and one of the things that that the scarf symbolizes is being covered. When when the women were walking through the desert, when they when they um, you know were were uh, going through from one country to the other, it, it was a form of protection. And to this day, there is a highly religious uh, uh, Orthodox Jews where the where the woman will either wear a wig or she'll wear a scarf over her head as a form of protection. And so it that too is so fascinating that that's one of the one of the ways that a scarf becomes very symbolic as well, and, and that is to align yourself with uh, your, your fellow sisters and to protect yourself. Beautiful. Well, and I love that analogy, even though it's birthed out of truth, because, I mean, really, you're protecting your spirit. You're protecting, uh, you know, your choosing of wanting to take a united front. You're, I mean, you're protecting your soul, but you're still doing it in a way that doesn't isolate you or withdraw you from the demographic or the reason or the purpose of why you choose to shine by having it outwardly exposed. So I love all the abstract nuances attached to that. Yeah, it's it's very symbolic of a community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, in terms of spirited woman, so where you know, as somebody who's creative, as somebody who's entrepreneurial, as somebody who understands and has reaped the benefits of paying it forward, being of service by continually not only donating the scarves but imparting it towards. Um, you know, various communities of women sharing and inclusive of marches, etc. Where, where do you project yourself going with the scarves? Is it, do you have like strategic planning in place? Did you just go based on the, uh, the intuitiveness of whatever comes to you at the time, knowing that that already worked for you and paid off for you the first time around? Well, basically, any, any woman who purchases a scarf, a portion of the scarf, gets donated to the Spirited Woman Foundation, and then from there we donate it to, to nonprofits. So we don't donate scarves per se. A portion of a scarf that is per- purchased is donated um, into our foundation, which then gets donated to nonprofits. So every year the, the scarves seem to grow in terms of how many um, are, are purchased and, you know, uh, I, I think this year we'll be close to around a 1,000, but I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but when we talk about the subject matter, the philosophy, the practice, the ritual of mindset, you know, what does that mean to you and how, in fact, do you embody that when we parallel that with, like, uh, I am statements, self-proclamations, kind of talking your preferred state of existence into reality and basically just catching up with it? So, you know, that's a bit of an art form and it's not a very easy thing to hone and master. Um, but is that something that you're committed to personally in terms of keeping yourself clear and on the path that you have chosen to align yourself with? Somewhat. You know, I, I think that uh, mindsets are effective, mm-hmm. but I also think um, taking action around things that create mindsets are even more effective. 
you know, like doing the meditation kind of work, like doing tapping, um, getting yourself uh, involved in yoga, doing breathing exercises. I don't think that repeating words over and over and over again are necessarily going to fill that mindset gap. I think it is a combination of lots of different things that we do um, in our daily lives. I really mean that. And, and, and I don't find just repeating words or affirming things um, to be as effective as doing other things that bring a sense of balance and calm. Beautiful. Well, again, we're, we're approaching the bottom of the hour here. Things always go much more quickly than what I would prefer, particularly when I have a guest such as yourself. You know, this is all yummy stuff. These are my favorite subject matters. Uh, I love the synergy between us, and uh, I think you're doing great things. So I'm a complete supporter of you and everything that you're endeavoring to do and doing quite well for the collective. So, Nancy, I want to give you quickly an opportunity. Where can people find you again? Where can people purchase product? Where can people know about the march, uh, you know, connect with you directly, etc. Well, uh, the Spirited Woman has uh, a wonderful website called thespiritedwoman.com. If I do say so myself. Of course. <laughs> of course. What did I say? Um, so <laughs> it, it, it's the T-H-E, uh, spiritedwoman.com. We have a very large Facebook uh, page called The Spirited Woman as well. Uh, my uh, my email address is on everything Nancy Mills at thespiritedwoman.com. The phone number for Spirited Woman is on everything. I, I really pride myself for being accessible. We sell our prayer scarves through our website, and uh, we have a prayer scarf page. And we sell our sister bracelets through our website, and we have a sister bracelet page. So uh, you can go to those. And uh, in terms of the march, the Women's March is an international endeavor. It is going to be probably occurring in over a 100 different cities. So the best thing to do is look up Women's March and the name of your city. Some of the marches are happening on January 20th, uh, such as the one in L.A., and some of the marches are happening on January 21st, such as the one in Las Vegas. So there is an anticipation that millions of women will be marching around the world, and there are sites for, for marches uh, everywhere. So all, all, all one has to do is go to Google and put in Women's March, and you'll get uh, your answer. Fantastic. Well, Nancy, I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. Thank you for everything that you continue to do to pay it forward, to be of service, and to demonstrate, you know, why it's important to be an empowered woman, but more specifically, why it's important to be an empowered woman who empowers other women and and props them up and extends their arm and lifts them. So I just want to say for everything that you're doing on that leadership front, uh, congratulations. Good for you. Uh, I feel very proud and honored to know you. And to the listening audience, I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your schedule to tune into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald with my guest of this week, Nancy Mills, phenomenal woman, doing great things in this world. I highly connect and encourage you uh, to reach out to her. Uh, and I just want to say once again thanks to my family and friends and my partners over at C-Suite Radio Network where you will eventually find the podcast link uploaded to my host page. And super uh, duper gratitude extended to uh, the loyal listeners, 
the almost half a million podcast subscribers and to my sponsors, uh, Halton Honda for believing in the content, believing in the networks and the show and everything else included. So I want to uplift you to fear less, to live more and to have a phenomenal weekend. We'll be back here again next Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern, living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Take care. All my best. Love and gratitude. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.